Hello and welcome to this survivor pool version of Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig of the Star Tribune. That's him. I'm Joe Oberly from the VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com. And Mark tells me he's still he's still hanging on in his survivor pool quest for millions. So, but who cares? Nobody cares about your fantasy team, my fantasy team, or your uh your your survivor pool. What we care about is the Vikings one again. The Vikings won. They teed up a blowout in the first half and then coasted nervously to their fifth win in a row. They really didn't coast, though, did they? They gave up. They had 297 net yards in the first half, finished with only 388. What's up with that, Mark? What the hell happened? Yeah. So, yeah, well, you know, we got to get on them about that. Uh, That's first right. Of all, Joe, I'm wearing my Buckeyes hat here. So I want to I want to say, you know, I'm sorry for your loss six days ahead of time. So. Uh, we'll get that one out of the way. Um, it, this reminds me of 2017, only the, the quarterback is a lot more talented than Case Keenum. Um, this is uh, this is a good team that's coming together defensively. It, it's, uh, it's fun to watch uh, offensively. I mean, how many times were you just, if you're a Saints fan, you're like, you know, tackle the guy for God's sakes, you know, and you, they just couldn't do it. And uh, what he did was special again. Um, I, I would say, you know, because I was the one when they were they were one and four and zero oh and three, saying, you know, just try to compete and you know, and see what you can do. You know, they're not going to win the rest of their games. They could very well go to Den- Denver, beat that, you know, destroyed the Chiefs yeah, two weeks ago um, or last week. Uh, so, you know, to me, it's just a lot of good things going on, but uh, there's a long way to go. Yeah, there is, uh, but you know, there's no uh, there's no harm in getting excited about what's happening oh. in the present because, uh, as a Vikings fan, that is fun to watch when when your quarterback is rushed, which is we've seen in the last five, six, seven, eight years. Uh, when he's rushed or the pocket's collapsing, he gets out and he does stuff. You know, it it's it's been a rarity for a long time to watch that, and you know, Dobbs is not. You know, he's an accurate quarterback, but he he's still throwing some balls high and not kind of leading his receivers where they need to be like Kirk Cousins is able to do. But right now, it you know, that doesn't matter. He he does so many things off script with his legs that uh, it's it's you're never out of a play. And it's very exciting to, to watch because we've not seen it for so long. Yeah, I mean, there was the third one, the third one at the end where he slipped and fell. That was a hiccup. But. The right. Early in the game, third and one, where he, it's, you know, I think everyone kind of knew it was going to be him. As soon as he got the ball, it was just a like quarterback sweep. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's Lamar Jackson type stuff where you had the confidence that, you know, they could have done that on fourth and one. Um, you know, I don't blame him for punting at the end when he slipped because he could slip again or something like that could have happened. But uh, it was funny because uh, on practice uh, on uh, Thursday or Friday, Quasey comes up to a couple of us standing there. Uh, watching uh, the portion of practice that's open to the media and he goes hey you know is he in canton yet and uh <laughs> and then we laughed and uh and he said he go i think you guys should wait at least two weeks before he gets in canton so now that we have two weeks i guess he can be in canton um he, he, he was kind of amazed at the um the reaction i guess which sort of surprised me that he'd be amazed by how you know how well he played in that in that game in atlanta um but you know, my point, my point to him was I don't have any problem with people getting excited about how this guy's playing in week, you know, this was before 
um, the, the Saints game. I said, I have no problem with excited after one week. I said, just I hope that people understand whenever he lays an egg down the road yeah. that, you know, you know, let's balance it out. Don't don't bail on this guy if he has a bad game because it's going to happen. Uh, and he laughed. And but, yeah, it was kind of a fun exchange of you know him coming over to us and uh, um, and, and talking about that. But, it, yeah, I mean, you're 100 percent right. If you can't get excited about this, then you're 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 not you're. You shouldn't even be watching because this is this is like 2017. This is fun. This is a uh, this is why people pay money to go and be a part of this stuff, right? You know, it was fun for me to see that he was putting uh, uh, KOC put in some some planned runs for him. You know, I, I last week I think we talked about that. I, I asked you if you know they're going to change up the offense to you know accentuate uh, Dobbs's ability to to run the ball, and he had eight rushes for. 44 yards in a TD. And once again, they were improbable escapes uh, from near sacks uh, that it's, 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 uh, I like that, that, that gives KOC something new to do with his offense. And, and I thought he called a good game yesterday and actually uh, putting in some elements we haven't seen. And maybe it's because of uh, this new ability he's got at the quarterback position. Well, I, I think that, you know, one of my five extra points was that uh, for the paper, uh, Star Tribune this morning was, you know, him, you know, Kevin O'Connor. I, I charted what they would do on first down because watching the Bears game, the way the Bears played the Saints, um, you know, Ty, Tyson Badgett was killing them on first downs. You know, the, the only reason the Bears lost that game is because they turned the ball over five times. Right. And, uh, you know, they were killing them on first down. I wondered if that's something that O'Connell would do, um, you know, more passing on first down. Uh, in the first half, you know, throughout the second half, he, he's kind of like trusting his defense. He's playing more conservatively. But the first half, especially the second quarter, um, so the first half, he had, he had 14 called uh, passes and five runs. Hmm. And two of the two of the passes ended up being scrambles uh, for three and four yards for, for Dobbs. But Dobbs completed 10 to 12 passes, averaged 9.9 yards per attempt on first down. So, you know, that's why T.J. Hawkinson has 10 catches for 128 yards in the first half. Um, they really went after the Saints on first down with the pass. And uh, that's very impressive when you consider this is the first start for the guy, only his second game coming in. Um, that I thought O'Connell was outstanding on first down. Uh, the next step for, for O'Connell is, hey, I know you like Alexander Madison, but this Ty, this Ty Chandler uh, – We'll talk, I'm sure, about him later. But there's, you know, watching on tape, there's things that that he does that Madison just doesn't do, and I think it's time to kind of put the brakes on Madison and get this guy more uh, more touches. Uh, yeah, we would definitely. Well, I want to talk about uh, Dobbs is passing. He's 23 of 34 for 268, a touchdown, no picks, and a rating of 101. Um, he's not putting up Kirk Cousins numbers. I, I guess you got, you know, you got to put all his numbers together and throw in, uh, his, his running ability in there and put that in his numbers. Some factor that in, uh, you know, he's, he's not as quite as accurate as Kirk, but he's playing the position and he's, and he's, he's making plays with his arms and his legs. And it's just, uh, it's great to see it. You know, we're, we're you know, the, the, the conversation is going to come up. And, you know, so all of a sudden we, we heard a lot about Kirk after the injury, but we didn't hear anything about him for the past few days. And I don't know how much we're going to uh, hear more of him. I, I heard someone talking on 
what, former Viking who said that. Man, it was Hicks, I guess he was on KFAN. He was saying, yeah, when you're injured, you know, you try to stick around and be part of things, but you get, you know, the team has to move on. So it's like, hey, we're sorry that you're hurt. Uh, talk to you later. I got to go. And <laughs> it's kind of that feeling starting, you know, people are, People are going to still talk about Kirk, where they, they still are. But any thoughts on on uh, the Vikings quarterback position for the future? I know it's premature, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Go yeah. ahead and yell at me for asking that. No, but I no, no. He, he, yeah, I, I was joking. I said at halftime when it was 24 to 3, I said, uh, you know, the Vikings have just announced that Kirk Cousins has been released. And, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, if this guy plays like this and keeps playing like this and yeah, I mean, Kirk, Kirk will have played his last game. I, I, I don't know how you, but, but that's so far down the road. Yes. That, I, uh, you know, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if this guy's going to make it to the end of the year uh, health and health wise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a fun thing to think about. It's a good problem. You, you know, we've been hanging over this team for how many years and what are we going to do with Kirk? What's the future uh, with this possibility? Even if like he's a backup. You would have your guy to work with when you know. Say you brought Kirk back, I, but I, I, it's so far down the road. There's so many different things you could could think about. But as far as numbers, I, you know, I, his numbers don't matter to me because of the way he plays the position. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Kirk's numbers last year weren't the best that he's had in his career, but I thought it was the best he played the position until the end, you know, until the playoff game. Um, you know, I had another thing for the paper, uh, extra point on, on uh, the second quarter, third downs. He was pressured three times. One of them was a crazy, you know, all three of them were heavy pressures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them was a 24-yard or 24-yard pass to uh, Hawkinson. Uh, For another first. one to score, a seven-yard touchdown run. And the other one might have been uh, – I don't have – Another pass to Hawkinson, I think. It was yeah. – well, There was one where he got – he got I mean, it was crazy. That, and then he just kind of launches it to, to Hawkinson and then, you know, in today's NFL, the, the, here comes Reisner, an offensive lineman, smashing into the guy who's Shouts. got broken ribs, basically, and trying to get him a few more yards. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's another to- topic for another day. But uh, this offensive lineman, I don't know, player safety coming and running 10 yards and smashing into a guy to get him forward is probably not the healthiest thing in the world to do. But that, you know, he, what he did on third down with those, with his running and, and his, his keeping the play alive and, and throwing the ball, was amazing. And it also, I talked to Brian O'Neill uh, about, you know, he was telling me about how they changed their blocking calls like during the game because um, they're, they're starting to spy on him. They were starting to spy him a little more than maybe what they were. I think everyone's going to spy this guy at some point, but they were starting to do it and they identified, hey, you know, this is the guy and he's not going to, he's just going to stand there and look at you. And I think it was number 20 that they brought up. Because mm-hmm. uh, on the pass to Hawkinson, you know, the spy couldn't even catch him. You know, the spy is standing there, like, prepared to go whichever direction. No one's on him. And he even alluded to that guy. And I, and O'Neal kind of laughed and said, he goes, hey, he said, I told uh, Josh, you know, they're spying you. And he goes, I know. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> and then, so this guy's very calm. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's uh, as much as I've beaten up Quasi for everything right now, this trumps – you know, uh, everything at this point, you know, this, this is a huge feather in the, in the cap. I don't care if he listened, if he listened to his scouts and he listened to O'Connell and, and went along with it, or if he made the call, you know, ultimately he was a decision maker and, 
you know, this is a great, is a great, great move. The Jets should have made this move uh, a while ago. You know, you can't, yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't uh, knock him for his midseason pickups. I mean, he's got Reisner, Akers, and, and Dobbs, all who have contributed mightily. I mean, Akers was just moving into, growing into his, his contribution here until he tore his uh, Achilles tendon and was gone for the season. But all three of those guys were great pickups. And you, you just think, where do these guys come from? that are just sitting out there. I mean, we know where they came from. Reisner was there. Two of them were on teams. One of them was sitting there, but it's like, it, it's fantastic for the Vikings to make those plays. And, you know, Quincy gets a lot of grief for his uh, first overall draft pick of uh, Lewis scene, but uh, you can't, you can't fault his, his uh, draft from this past year. A lot of people are really working out there and then these pickups. So uh, that's really, uh, you know, more than one feather in his cap. Yeah, I mean, Reisner has uh, brought stability to the to the middle there. That uh, you know, we assumed it was going to be um, at Ingram, but it ends up being Cleveland. Who I don't think Cleveland. I think his career regressed. I mean, he I think he was better earlier than he was toward the toward the end. But um, we thought if there was a need, it was going to be a right guard. Well, I think Ed Ingram is. You know, we're not talking about Ed, Ed Ingram, which means he's playing better. Um, and Reisner, you know, as I said from the from his first you know, start or, or his first, yeah, it was a start. You know, this guy has brought something to the guard play that we haven't seen in a while. And, so, you know, all this can't be done if, if, he's, if, I mean, Dobbs can get away from a lot, but, right. uh, and this guy also erases a lot of problems that you may have on the offensive line uh, that Kirk just can't do because he's physically unable to do it. Um, you know, that that's just the kind of things that, that we're, that we're talking about with, uh, with that situation. So, but you know, the offensive line really gave Dobbs a lot of time, even before he got out on some of those things. I mean, he yeah. was, he was getting plenty of protection back there and uh, you know, they had one real big hiccup on the offensive line when Brian O'Neill pulled down that, uh, that defender as, as Chandler raced for a second touchdown of the game, you know, uh, great play call and it was wide open and, you know, you get so frustrated because, I mean, you know, these guys are always tugging on each other. But to yank somebody down, you're going to get called. But it was so far away from the play, it really didn't matter. Yeah, but that, that was a tackle. That was that it was. was it was, no question. But uh, it was unfortunate because it was such a great play. I want to go on record real quick to say I want uh, Kirk on a friendly, uh, team-friendly contract, Dobbs and Jaron Hall next year. And you can just say thanks, uh, Sean Mannion and, and Nick Mullins. We'll see you. Uh, that's what I'm looking for next year for that quarterback room. Okay, well, let, let's put it this way. If you're Kirk Cousins, that, that's good from the Viking standpoint and the fan standpoint, but yep. if you're Kirk Cousins, would you put pen to paper on anything that's less than what Daniel Jones is making? $40 million. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. No, so, I mean, Kirk's not going to Kirk's not gonna give a um, – he likes Minnesota, uh, I'm sure, uh, but uh, he's not going to be giving it away. So, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know what I, – I don't even know what Dobbs' contract situation is. He He's playing his way into uh, being uh, pretty well compensated as well. Um, you mentioned him before, so we got to talk about him. What a huge game for T.J. Hawkinson. Comes in here, you know, injured. I, I have him on my fantasy team, which nobody cares about. And I thought about not playing him because the Vikings were going to say, you know, they're only using him part-time. You know, he's got – the sore ribs and the oblique or what have you. And he's, you know, they, they keep, they throw it out there and, 
I think he ended up paying like 68% of the plays and was asking for more. And he put sets a record for the only tight end ever went 10 or at least double digit catches, 125 yards and a touchdown and a half. Can we finally get off this guy? I mean, he's, he's making yards after the catch with, with really sore ribs, getting beat up, getting knocked around. And he just keeps going out there. The guy, you know, might not catch every ball that comes his way, catches most of them. And, uh, he, he he's uh, I think his heart and soul is in this team. So it, it was congratulations to him for a great day yesterday. Eleven of fifteen targets, one thirty four and a TD. Yeah, and, and to do it whenever you have uh, clearly have uh, some rib injuries that he has. It's funny, like when when a guy has an injury like that, how many times did he get hit or flipped over or, you know? And I I I didn't talk to him afterwards, um, but. You know, number one was for the Saints when he was coming across trying to punch the ball out. I don't know if, because he, I mean, if you watch the replay, he's rearing back like I mean, it's like a Mike Tyson punch, right. and it, I, I think he missed the ball and hit him in the stomach or in the. Oh, yeah. I thought he hit the ball. Okay, well, I, I don't know. I, so I'm saying I'd like to ask him because he stayed down afterward. I mean, granted, yeah. he took a hit and, he, and they rolled and everything, uh, but I wonder if. Um, if, if that punch came through and hit him in the ribs, because, you know, the NFL might have to do something about that because you do see guys, they've always punched the ball out. Yeah. I think we're seeing now just roundhouse punching. <laughs> the ball. And, you know, if you miss and you hit a guy in, uh, you know, where you shouldn't, um, yeah. it, it should be a penalty, you know, or, or but uh, I, I'm not, ad, I don't want to add, ad, it takes a lot for me to advocate more penalties against a defensive guy, you know? Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about Daniel's uh, situation. Yes, we will. I added that to add that last night. I was thinking, oh, I got to talk about that. And I saw it in your five points or your extra points. So I will bring that up. Uh, you talked about the running game. Um, you know, it, it's become obvious for a few weeks. I mean, we're having the same conversation between Chandler and uh, Madison with Akers versus Madison a couple weeks ago. And, you know, People are struggling with Madison's contribution. It seems, you know, when you if you look online, everybody's saying, "What's the deal with uh, Chandler and uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell? Does he not like him because you know he should be in there over Madison?" And what what, what he's got some uh, too much love for uh, for Madison. I you know I thought there was some time earlier, either in the preseason or <clears throat> early season, where he what he didn't bench him, but. Uh, I, Kevin O'Connell made this comment in the press that, uh, you know, we got to see that from Ty Chandler in practice that we're seeing in the games. And he, and that's why he was back. Is that, is that right? You recall that? Yeah, that was in training camp. I think there's a, we read it to be, I read it to be that he is dogged it in practice. Maybe right. Uh, That he was, uh, you know, they're probably not um, happy with his pass protection, stuff like that. Um, but it's clear. I mean, there's there's a play where he comes that Madison would not have made in a million years, uh, or he's not making now. Uh, it, I think it might have been Chandler's first run. It was a 12 or 13 or 11. One of the either the 13 or the 11 yard run. I think it was a 13 yard run, where he he comes. He's going off right right tackle. And he makes just a little hesitate, a little like a um, cut that allows Johnny Munt to come across and get the linebacker out of the way. And he cuts inside and he's gone for 13 yards. You know, Madison, you know, when I look at that play, I was like, wow, Madison would have 
instinctively turned into the into the uh, the wrong way, and you know because he's just so determined to run with power that I you know I swear sometimes I watch him and I wonder if he's looking at what he's doing because maybe his, it's almost like his head and his eyes are down. He's just like he's anticipating contact mm-hmm. and he's just gonna run through it. Well, he's he's not Derrick Henry. He's he's a power. He's a good power back, but he's not. He's, he's a guy that's going to lose a yard more than gain. Like, you know, Henry's going to fall forward for three yards. This guy is going to lose a yard or two yards. And I think it's time, hey, you know, uh, he's a he, he's a backup. I mean, he's, he's, he's a backup to Dalvin. He should be a backup to Chandler. And and maybe, you know, Kinney had a had a, a run there. He caught the corner on one. Um, these guys are these guys are faster than Madison and they're more instinctive and and find the holes better. So it's, you know, Madison should be the backup. He should, like when these guys are really tired, when, when Chandler's tired, you put Madison in, or when you need a yard, you put him in. Is there a case to be made for pounding with Madison to start? Then when you soften him up a little bit, bring in somebody who can, who can, you know, make moves around you. I don't like pounding on first down. If it means not gaining a yard or losing a yard. And Mm. there's a pretty good stretch here of, you know, I do think Madison, for whatever reason, when he comes out in the second half, tends to have, you know, the nine-yard run or the uh, – he did start a game a few weeks back with a 19-yard run that he yeah. – they really they really attacked the hole on that one. Um, I've wondered – I think we saw it a couple times. It was last week I, I wrote, you know, where, where's C.J. Ham? Why are you paying a fullback if you don't right. use him as a lead blocker? I think we saw that a couple times, but maybe not till the end when they were just – you know, they were kind of like shelled up trying to, you know, not blow it, you know, yeah. and let the defense win it for you. Well, uh, yeah, they, they did try to hang on there in the second half, and we will talk about that. Uh, we'll take a break right now here in the Vikings Territory Breakdown. Just to, we'll come back, hit a couple more offensive notes, and then hit the defense who who, who played really well again and are just keep getting better every week in, in, in so many ways. Uh, hope hope the rest of the league isn't watching what Brian Flores is doing. John Wood. But come on back. We'll talk about all that and Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. We're breaking down the Vikings uh, victory, 27-19 uh, victory, one-score victory over the Saints yesterday at U.S. Bank Stadium. It was glorious again to beat the Saints. Never a bad time to do that. Uh I, they, they, you know, the Vikings scored on the opening drive. They got a field goal. And I heard the announcers say that doubles their output in the first quarter this season. My goodness. One field goal to date in the first quarter, or on the first drive, and not in the first quarter, on the first drive. I'm sorry. That's really bizarre because then they went and scored 21 points after that, but uh, in the first half. But uh, usually that's, that's some of your more successive plays because the defense doesn't know what you're doing and they script plays and you think they're scripting plays for Joshua Dobbs or, or why do you think the Vikings struggle with that opening uh, possession? That's a good question. So a field goal doubled their output? That's what he said. Did they, did they score a point and a half somewhere? I, I don't know. No, I doubled it. They had three and this was this. Oh, doubled it. okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's, Usually, what happens is penalties. I, I haven't looked at it to see what uh, what you I mean. Well, I, I no, excuse me. 
I do know what happened earlier in the season. Every time <laughs> they touched the ball, they, they dropped it on the ground. And you see, yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the Chargers game, the Buccaneers, uh, so yeah, um, it's coming back to me, Joe. Uh, right. Uh, the pick six, uh, stuff like that. That's that's what kind of ruined uh, uh, opening drives, I guess. Yeah, that'll so, do it for you. It, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter if if you're scoring your opening drive if you're scoring to win on your last drive. So that that that's. Uh, so this this was the first game that they had where they didn't turn the ball over at all. So that's, uh, I think that was also kind of going through O'Connell's head at the end. Was. Um, Good point. Not that he's thinking, oh, we're going to turn it over, but he he just didn't want to turn it over, do something stupid. Um, he got real conservative, didn't he? It might, yeah, for sure he got conservative. But I, I think he was he he was really um, what you know. Maybe part of him thinks you know you know Jameis Winston's going to throw. <laughs> Jameis Winston's not going to go through a game without throwing some interceptions, and um, his two, especially the last one, was vintage Jameis Winston. Um, just did total impatience, great arm, and just ah, throw it down the field and yeah. triple coverage be damned, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think he, he was like, Don't turn the ball over at that point. Maybe he channeled his inner Zim and was just like, Defense, don't turn the you ball know, over, yeah, run that's the ball. Interesting to say, I mean, with this defense and the that they're coming off from last year, that he now has the confidence in them. That's a segue, but I'm not going there yet. I wanted that you know, you you, you talked about KOC, you know, kind of tightening the reins here a little bit. <clears throat> Dosh had that scram or Dosh Dobbs had that scramble and gets, you know, what looked like he got the first down and, and he didn't challenge it. And it was like fourth and short, like inches, and they didn't go for it. They they uh first of all, they should have challenged it, which they didn't. I know he's he wanted to hang on to one there, but uh why did they not go for that when you got a running quarterback who can do that? But you know, you're kind of just explaining that he's yeah, I think it was, you know, hey. Just don't just kind of play it conservatively and try and get to the end of the game. He was very aggressive in the first first half. I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, I'm not new age enough, I guess, to like beat him up for being conservative toward the end because it's like, man, you, you know, look what he's doing with what he's got, and he's just trying to get to the end and win the game. And um, but I'm sure there's some people that you know, the, the 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 second challenge, you know, I, it's still. I didn't write about it, and it's still confusing to me. And it's early yeah. enough on a Monday morning where I haven't found out like more about it. So, excuse me if I don't know. But you know, it was an incomplete pass that the other team had that he challenged to say that it was a complete pass, a completed pass. Yeah, and, and then a fumble, and then a fumble. That's what he was going oh. for because the Vikings did come up with the ball. Okay. And okay, there's so there, yeah. I, at that point, I was uh, working, I was on my other stuff, and right, uh, but yeah, I, I just wondered if it was because he wanted to, you know, like, then the clock runs, but okay, all right, he didn't win the challenge, sense. ironically, oh. because you know, they did call it a completed pass, but unfortunately, as just before the fumble, yeah. the guy's uh tail end hit the ground and they they kept the ball, so he got yeah. he won the challenge, kept his time out, which yeah, was I guess I, I didn't. You know, that explanation I still don't like either. I, I really don't like the first challenge. The right. first challenge, I, I wonder if the fans, are you listening a little too much to the fans? Because right. there, there's no question his feet got down. Well, that wasn't the question. It was the fact that whenever he went to the ground, the ball squirted out. It's got to be yeah. someone seeing it or saying, saying, oh, God, his feet are down, challenge. <clears throat> and they didn't yeah, look I, at the rest I of think, the deck. Well, if they, if they do that, they, they, they need to, to pause a little bit. I know you <laughs> have a lot of time, but pause and look for everything. Because uh, that was a terrible challenge. 
And then I don't really like that challenge because if you're um, you're saying it's completed, then you know he's he's touching the ground at some point, you know, to make it a completed pass. Uh, so yeah, I don't like either. I, I don't get an off day on that. Yeah, but I, you know, led into the second challenge that he didn't do that I was I was advocating for because right. he, he only had one left and got a little conservative there, but that, that's what happens. Uh, I got to I got to talk about the defense here. Uh, well, first I want to say. You know, you mentioned penalties. The Vikings were penalized three for thir- or five for 35 yards, which is more than last week. They only had the one for four yards. I don't know how you get a four-yard penalty. But uh, 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 so they weren't a problem. And the turnovers were not – no turnovers for once. They won the turnover battle. But And that that's the defense. The defense played a great game, whale of a game in the first half. And then, and then things happened, you know – what did you see there? You know, that were, were they 20, they had 24 or three lead in the first half and uh, they were holding on by their fingernails at the end to, to preserve that victory. What changes it? Is it all about, you know, getting conservative and, and playing back and playing Ed Donatel, or is it like, you know, I mean, I know the offense wasn't helping them out because they struggled in the second half, but what happened there, Mark? Yeah. I, I don't think it was, you know, becoming Ed Donatel by any stretch. I think it was Jameis Winston. It was there's two there's two Jameis Winston's out there. One is a is the guy who throws it into the corner. Uh, people were raving about the Olave catch in the corner with Murphy drag, you know draped all over him. Yeah, that's that's like that, that's as good a throw as Ben Roethlisberger to uh, Santonio Holmes, I believe it was in the Super Bowl against the Cardinals. I mean that was you couldn't throw it and you couldn't walk down there and place it any better. Uh, so that's a touchdown there. The other one is just a rocket arm that goes across the field. Uh, and, you know, again, Murphy's there, but uh, 17, the receiver makes the catch. And uh, so two great plays, two great plays by, by Winston. Uh, they didn't get conserved. They didn't go down a tell because if you look at um, uh, uh, Blackman's interception, I believe Josh Metellus is like, is right there in, in his face causing that, that, you know, wild throw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think it was just, you know, at some point they got a spark and that's what happens in the NFL when a guy, you know, especially, you know, he, guy has that much talent and trust in his arm. Sometimes he, he has too much trust in his arm, um, to, to push the ball down the field. Um, but I, I would say it was just, uh, the ebb and flow and, uh, you know, Winston got really hot. Uh, you know, overall the defense played a good game. I saw a stat this morning that, uh, in the first half, they were really struck. Or first half of the season, first portion of the season, they were really struggling, and now they're like third in over the last five games in this five-game winning streak. They're third in points allowed and fifth in some other metric, and so it's, they're really coming on statistically and in the win column. Uh, this is one of your extra points, and I, I, I thought so too. I thought the defensive line had a good game. I think they've been playing good for the last few weeks. Uh, there were two sacks, Woneman, Hunter, and Hunter gets a seven-figure bonus uh, for for that sack they were mentioning on the air. I thought it was interesting. So that, and he was pretty happy after he got that sack. But anyway, talk about the defensive line. You talked about him in the paper. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, did did we reach any million-dollar uh, bonuses during this podcast? I, can't I have. I have. You, know, you have. Okay. Can I, can I borrow like you know a couple hundred grand? Um, yeah. No, I, I feel like uh, you know, New Orleans had was held to 65 yards rushing. That's a season low for them. 
the Vikings, since that 260, 259-yard beatdown at Philadelphia, they've given up an average of 82 yards uh, a game rushing. Now, one of them was, you know, uh, the Chargers only had 30. That's because they didn't care about the run. They threw for 445 yards. But overall, they've done a, a much better job. Harrison Phillips is playing a lot better. Uh, Bullard is playing a lot better. You're seeing them on the field more. Um, the the Saints had their first 10 possessions at five three and outs to, to, out of the first 10 possessions. A huge one, I felt, was coming out of halftime. You know, you're down 24-3. You get the ball. You're trying to change the tone of the game. It's third and one, and you send Kamara, you know, plowing up the middle. And uh, and Harrison he hits Harrison Phillips in his shoulder or arm area here. Harrison was like, yeah, yeah, he hit me first. I'm going to have a huge bruise on that <laughs> tomorrow. You go look at how he hit me, and you do. If you look at that, the helmet's right there. And then Hicks fills the hole, and the two of them bring him down for no gain. That's that's a huge play. Um, you know, just plays that they probably weren't making before. Um, you know, there's so much confidence on this defense. The way that Flores uses Metellus is it's, it's getting better each week. Yeah. When Hicks goes out, there's a point where – uh, you know, um, uh, Jackson comes in and Metellus is playing linebacker and, you know, that his position sort of a linebacker safety anyway, but th- he's playing the actual linebacker and Ivan Pace, an undrafted rookie is the guy who's making the calls. Um, there's just a confidence and a trust and a, a belief in this system that's, you know, taken off and it's, it's to be expected, I guess, we look back at the beginning of the year, it was like, you know, Flores didn't adjust uh, to the run in Philly. Well, he didn't, then he didn't adjust to the pass against the Chargers. You know, these guys don't play preseason anymore. They don't do anything in the preseason. They they have these joint practices and paint it as some, you know, big challenge. Well, that's not the case. They, they need games, and it's they're getting into their stride right now. In your story, uh, you, you mentioned a quote from Phillips saying, uh, "Just learning the learning the defense." You think that's legit, or is there something to say to a reporter? I think it's you know I think it's legit. It's sometimes it sounds like a cliche, but it's um, you know, and I don't have enough room to like to expand on it like he did, but you know, because it's just a little extra point, right? Uh, but he was like, you know, there's times where you know you your instincts want you to go to this gap or, or edge over to this side of the gap and try and make the play. Well, he said, if you just stay, do your job, stay where you're at. Uh, then there's, you know, the, the guy behind you spilling Everything is all accounted for and it's a uh, moving parts. And one guy gets over here, then there's that, that hole. Um, and it's hard for sometimes like uh, when guys play in different systems and maybe your, your job is, I think Phillips mentioned this last week when he was talking, is your job might be to just one gap and that's it. And, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's, it seems like it's simpler, um, like what he was coming in from in Buffalo. But, you know, this one, uh, there's different ways of accounting for everything. So that, you know, when you're not playing, when you don't do any preseason and there's no live, no, there's no live football until you get into the when they count, then it's going to take you a while uh, to get to that point. Um, was Lau reactive for the game? No. Okay. He's, he's still injured. Okay. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're playing well there. When they get him back, it's even, even got more depth for him, which is great. Uh, 
Uh, one more back to the well of your extra points. And I thought about this one too last night as I was laying in bed because I was I was kind of ticked about it. The penalty on Hunter for uh, on uh, Daniel Hunter for uh, hands to the face. You know, I've watched the play several times. You know, the biggest thing is Hunter gets his helmet taken off and his hands, as far as you can tell in the replays, didn't even come up. So, you know, what the heck is up with that penalty? That's that's an egregious uh, mistake by a ref. Not only did he uh, call a penalty, uh, he called the right penalty, but he called it on the wrong team, you know. Right, and that comes at a third down incompletion, and it leads to – you know, a touchdown that makes it a one-score game. If right. Fine, you know, you know, if they're finding the players for everything, <laughs> this referee maybe should be fined a something. I, I don't know. It, I was funny talking to Alex. I went up to him. I said, "This is the first time I've ever seen hands to the face for a guy who got his helmet ripped off." And he's like, "Yeah." He goes, "Like he goes whenever I saw the flag, he's like, yeah, I got the flag.' You know." And then he goes, "Wait, you're it's on me." And he goes, <laughs> and "He said I went up to the ref. I'm like, bro, did you see what happened?" You know, he took my helmet off, and he goes, he, he didn't know what to say. Um, but you, you, know, can't, you can't go back on that, can't you? Well, I suppose you can pick up that flag if they have a conference. But then, I, right? yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, you don't want anything more to be reviewed. I, that game had such a long feel to it, with everyone getting hurt, uh, and the, this, re, you know, reviews and everything. I don't want to see anything else be reviewable. But that is a that's a huge mistake. I don't um, like to see him leave his helmet off for a little while longer and say, look, there's yeah. my bloody helmet on the ground. Did I, did I do that? Is it hands to my own face that I'm getting penalized for? Oh. And, but the, the other thing to come out of this is, um, and I, I touched on it briefly, but I'm going to write more about it is, um, you know, this guy's been in the league since 2015. He's, he hit the amount of penalties he's had called on him is crazy low since his rookie year. He's yeah. only had, I think, I think I said six for 27 yards, never more than one penalty for five yards in a season. Until this um, one. Yeah. He's never had it, and I'm going to touch on this when I write more about it, but he's never had a roughing the pe- passer. He's never had a unnecessary roughness. Wow. Uh, he had a face mask as rookie year. Um, but, I mean, you're talking about an elite pass rusher that, I mean, every week you turn on, you know, you turn on games and guys are getting fined and they're getting penalties and, it's like, well, he landed on him the wrong way. Well, this guy has, uh, he's managed to avoid all of that, and, and he's still terrorizing quarterbacks. I fully expect that I will write this on Wednesday, and mark my words, Sunday night, Don't fourth, do it. fourth quarter in a tight game, Daniel Hunter will will get some sort of uh, roughing penalty, and it'll be you know it'll be one of those jinxes that uh, always happens. Don't go talk to him this week. Do not talk to him about this. Don't put it in his well, head. I talked to him. I talked to him last night. I, <sighs> Jeez, I you right way, man. I play the right way, and he sure does. If Because if you look after he got his helmet ripped off, maybe someone should rip his helmet off more. The next play, he switches over to the yeah. left side, has yes. one of the quickest spin moves you will ever see on an NFL field and has a sack. I mean, that, that right tackle had no chance. Right. Yeah, that was a great play. Uh, you know, along with those quarterbacks I mentioned in the last segment, I want to keep sign this man too, resign him, keep him here. He is he is a stud. Uh, I thought uh, uh, Ivan Pace uh, did well coming in to uh, replace uh, Hicks for a lot of the game when he went out with an injury. Uh, 
what do we know about Hicks? And I, I guess it's a shin that they had swelled up on him. So that hopefully he'll be back, but he's, he's having a great season. Linebacking core is really, really done well this year. And certainly in the last five games, for sure. Like everybody. Yeah. Knows. And, and Pace didn't feel, Pace just called the play. Called right. the defense. I mean, Pace has, Pace has been a starter all year. Um, how this guy wasn't, how someone who didn't take a seventh round flyer on him or a sixth rounder or a fifth rounder, a day three pick at least on this guy is amazing. Uh, so that's another, you know, yeah, Lewis scene. I mean, I, I'm as guilty as anyone. I've, I have hammered that one into the ground. Uh, but this is an undrafted guy that came in. And like, I remember writing about him early. It was like, well, you know, this guy's going to be a heck of a special teams player. He's you know, one of those gritty, you know, uh, Heath Farwell type guys. It's going to make the team as an undrafted guy. And then it was like, wait, this guy's going to start. And so he, he's been outstanding. I, I think, you know, when you look at it, all of them individually on defense, except for like Daniil, obviously Harrison, um, you go, well, you know, they're, they're not the best that you're not the best, but you know, we can win with them. You put them all together and you give them confidence and, and Josh Metellus, uh, like Josh Metellus goes from a special teams standout to, you know, this guy could, you know, this guy could be, he's a pro bowl caliber player now. Hicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still got some gas in the tank, and he's a leader, a, a, a great force there. Uh, defensive line has stepped it up. Um, the corners, you know, the corners are not great by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I think when you play with the aggression and you, you force the issue with the quarterback, it helps the corners. Um, Caleb Evans had a real great uh, early on, a pass defense where he came in and smashed the guy. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, they're, they are playing uh, – I'd say confidence is uh, – if I had to point to one trait they got going for them right now, it's just this high level of confidence. They're playing so fast. I would agree with that. You know, and then you got Makai Blackman who comes in for the injured Evans and and makes the first uh, in, interception of his career. Uh, you know, dare I say there is some depth at that position a little bit. You know, you're not they're not Sauce Gardeners are going to take all the the uh, headlines, but they the secondary is playing so well right now. You just you can't fault them uh, for not doing their job, and they, they really are. They they seem to, you know, maybe they're learning the uh, the system, like uh, Philip said, but they're also gaining that level of confidence. That and when you have that, you're just you're ready to take on anybody. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that where they've they've combined the the rush and cover without one or the other, without the without the rush, and and you know, and they're going this this rush without. Without Davenport, you know, DJ right. Lowell, I thought had a, had an outstanding game. I was going to write about him, uh, but probably won't down the road. But you know, he has that sack, and then I told him, I said, you, the play after the sack was probably better than the sack because uh, Carr gets loose on um, third and eleven, and and you know he's got room to get the first down, and and Wolden comes out of the nowhere from the from the backside and swipe swipes his foot, and he goes down a yard short. Uh, and then, you know, the, the Saints were going to go for it on fourth and one, but then they had the false start and they had to punt the ball. So that's a huge, that's another huge play that leads to a three and out uh, by DJ. So special teams had a pretty good week, uh, good cooking, although we could have used that 54 yarder that uh, 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 Joseph missed. Do you have any problem with the Vikings going for that kick there instead of doing something different? No, I mean, indoors, uh, this guy's hit from, 
what, 61 last Christmas, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, it, it's within his range. You could see that he was, was long enough. You know, I have a hard, you know, when it gets over 50, I mean, I know what, in today's NFL, when you when a kicker misses anything, it's so like unusual. It seems um, that you just get all over him. You know, when you get up to fifty-four yards, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault him for going to, for kicking it because it's well within his range. But I can't beat him up too much because it's still fifty-four yards, and you got to put more into it. And it's not going to work as perfectly as a 33 or 40 yard or so. Way to straddle the fence on that one, Mark. Uh, better punting this game from uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Wright than last week. I remember you, you had mentioned how he he, he gave him a, a touchback, which really kind of hurt him there in the in the late going. But uh, it could have hurt him. They they ended up winning, but uh, he did a little bit better in pinning the Saints back, right? Yeah, and that's the that's that that punt returner has a touchdown this year. He's, He's, I think he is ranked number two punt returner in the league. Um, so yeah, that was a dangerous guy. And they and uh, and when they played that conservative game uh, more in the second half, you know, you you're risking, you know, you're giving that punt returner more chances, more chances. Uh, yeah. I think there was one tackle toward the end of the game where Najee uh, Najee Thompson trips the guy up, and he I think it would have been a long, much longer return. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the special teams did all right. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah, the 54-yard field goal makes it a totally different game, but, you know, you're going to miss some of those. All right. Well, uh, then on that note, I'm going to punt and uh, go to another break. So we'll take a quick break here at the Vikings Territory Breakdown, and we'll be right back. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, Vikings are relevant in the playoffs. They're still in that seventh position if if the season ended today. Uh, still a game and a half behind the Lions in the NFC North. I was looking at all the standings of the league. There's only a few really good teams and a few really bad teams. There's a whole bunch of teams, like four and f- four wins, five wins, six wins. So, but the the Vikings are are in the conversation. It would be not lo- love to get that uh, that that uh, NFC North, you know, defend it and get it back. And they're still within reach. But uh, first of all, I have to mention the Packers got beat by Pittsburgh, which is which is always good. Got to mention that. So, you know, not really worth talking about because they're quickly becoming irrelevant. They've only got three wins, I think, which is uh, quite amazing. But uh, Chicago beat the Panthers on Thursday, barely. And those are two of those teams I talked about that aren't so good. And the Lions battled with the Chargers last night. They they held on uh, for – you know, uh, a, a late game win and still maintain that one and a half game lead in the division. The Lions are are for real. There's no question about it. They, you know, I think with Jared Goff, they're always going to be in the, in you know, they're always going to be able to come back on you. And they've got Amon St. Brown, who's phenomenal. And two, you know, the, the their running back looks, you know, their two running backs look really good. And so does their defense. So they are, they are a legit team. What do you, what do you think about the Lions? Well, you know, the, for like 30 years there, the Lions could never run the ball. You know, they had Mike Martz with, you know, I don't think you tried to run the ball. You're seeing the Lions are a physical, they're a physical team that, you know, they ran for 200 yards, uh, you know, and um, to out, I figured they'd go out there. If they had, I picked them to win. I think I had a lower scoring game. I thought maybe the defense, they're going to win. The defense would take over. And, and when it comes to playing on the road in Los Angeles, especially against the Chargers, you don't even factor in home field. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that game because, you know, the Lions fans obviously don't travel well, I wouldn't think. But 
I bet you it was half Lions fans. There was um, plenty of them on TV last night. You bet. Oh, so, you know, it's it's a disadvantage, I think. When you look at what like you know, what the Vikings have going for them, what the Chiefs, some of these top, you know, Baltimore, although they didn't win uh, at home yesterday, but you know that's such a disadvantage. You know, so you know to have an offense like that that's probably playing like it's a road game. You know, sometime. Uh, but I was impressed with the Lions being able to. You know, the Lions last year could score a lot of points. They got a they got a better defense now. Um, yeah, they are legit. But I, I it's going to be. I wish that one of those Vikings games would be closer toward the. Well, they, have, they have to be two out of the last three weeks. I agree. Uh, I don't. I don't like that because so much could happen. You know, between now and then, you know, the Vikings or the Lions could be could have could could sustain uh, even more injuries. And just to have that not mean as much, it'd be kind of nice to see one of those around Thanksgiving, not on Thanksgiving, but around Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, the fact that you should have one now and then the, there, there's so much can change between now and then. Yeah. Having them, you know, two of the last three, it could be really exciting if they're both battling for the, for the, uh, the title and they're both still in contention and, and maybe that's what they're thinking. It's okay. But it, it doesn't seem, uh, it seems very odd to me. Well, and then you saw, like, we're going to be talking about the Broncos here soon, but, you know, the Broncos played the Chiefs two out of three weeks. Uh, that's right. What, so what? it's just kind of a weird, you know, thing. That's but, that's some of the schedule makers say, hey, let's do this this year. You know, we haven't done this before. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. It uh, doesn't seem representative of how the season should go. But anyway, uh Speaking of uh, uh, the Ravens that you just mentioned, them uh, the Brownies beat the the Ravens in a in a pretty exciting game. Uh, Ravens had been, you know, they had the second best record in the league coming into that game, and and they they dropped another one in the division. That's a huge win for the Browns, and uh, uh, maybe a little bit of a wake up call for the for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, uh, it starts out. I have not seen it yet. I just was watching. You know, I was watching the the, the stats as, as they were happening uh, during the game as much as I could. And uh, you know, it starts off with just I think Deshaun Watson had a pick six. Terrible really. pass. Terrible. Um, pass. You haven't seen it yet. And yeah. you know, for for them to to go where they need to go, I mean, their defense is the best in the league, I think. And for them to go where they need to go, they need Deshaun Watson to play like what they expected of him. I, I would imagine he did as the game went on. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but, yeah, the, the AFC North is the best division of football, and they're just – they beat the hell out of each other. Um, you know, I think Cleveland's got Pittsburgh coming up this week. I mean, that first Pittsburgh-Cleveland game, the offenses should be uh, – they it was it was like a throwback 50s game of, of great defense and just not a lot of offense. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's, a, it's a big win. I thought Baltimore was playing the best of anybody in the league, and, Typically, uh, when you get to that point, like the 49ers were four weeks ago, that's when they tend to lose. So they uh, they coming into that game on Sunday, all four teams were in the playoffs from that division. Yeah, and the only reason that 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 can't that's unsustainable is, is that they got to play each other twice yeah. a year. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the, the Bengals losing uh, Houston is also this is the first time Houston has won five games in a season since 2019. Uh, there was uh, this survivor pool. I mean, there was like 700 people left, 750, 270 of them took the, the Bengals, which I thought <laughs> it, it gives me hope that maybe the people left are going to get out of my way, Joe. Right. Because I would never have bet it. I would never have taken Houston. Houston's defense is phenomenal. 
Uh, C.J. Stroud is legit. He, I mean, and their offensive line protects him. You know, people compare him to Bryce Young, but it's like a totally different. It's it's apples and oranges. Bryce Young yeah. doesn't have an offensive line. He's in, you know, God love him, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's going to catch 200 balls because there's no one else to throw to. Right. Uh, so uh, Houston is is a big story in the NFL as well. But certainly the biggest story in the NFL right now is sitting right where we're at right now. Um, you just said that you think the uh, uh, Browns have the best defense in the league, and, and with good reason. But I will submit for your consideration the Niners with Chase Young on that defensive line. Yeah. Uh, on the opposite of, of Bosa is is pretty darn good and showed it yesterday when they just manhandled uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Yeah, it, and I haven't seen that one either yet, but I, it's about time that the 49ers woke back up and started playing like the 49ers and for them to get Chase Young uh, for nothing, basically. You, you can re-sign him or or if he, if he leaves, you get the third round picked back as a compensatory pick. It's a great move by the 49ers. Uh, if you look at the NFC, I mean, the Vikings are seventh right now. They're sitting there. Who's going to catch them? I mean, they're, they're, it might be a – I don't have it in front of me, but game and a half, two-game lead on the the Atlantas, the Washingtons, the Tampa Bays, you know, those teams that uh, – Tampa Bay, I suppose, could get hot, and then they have the tiebreaker. Uh, but, you know, the Vikings are in a situation where, hey, you know, at worst, we you know, what's number seven is what you're looking at. Because right. You know, again, so many things can happen, you know, in this league week to week, but they're in a good spot. You know, they're seven, but they're also pretty comfortably ahead of uh, some of these other teams that are middling around. Yeah, and they got the, the tiebreaker over Atlanta. They have, you know, Seattle's uh, in the in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, they have you – know, the other teams have to play each other in their division too, so they're going to beat each other like you mentioned about the AFC North. So that will factor in too, but uh, – before we get down there that far, we've got the we, the Vikings are traveling to Denver next Sunday night to play the Broncos, who suddenly have three wins. Uh, and you know, I, I facetiously wrote is is the is the altitude in Chicago in Denver their biggest obstacle going in? Well, you know, the biggest ob- obstacle is probably having a little bit of a letdown. They've been riding high with Dobbs and very emotionally and and. Uh, uh, with those two wins, you know, for what they've gone through, they're pretty excited. It, th- this does uh, set up as, as as what some people call a trap game, but so they better be aware. The Broncos' defense is 27th against the pass, 32nd against the rush, and 32nd in points allowed. To me, you know, this is this is uh, prime for for a letdown for the Vikings, but in national TV, maybe not. What do you think? Well, you know. When you talk about stats, when when a team gives up seventy points in one game, it's the first time since like the sixties. Um, everything is going to get skewed. I mean, they're, they're going to be That's last. Probably, they'll probably be last forever. Uh, you talk about a trap game, uh, and again, we're we're having this discussion. The the Broncos play tonight on Monday Night Football right. in Buffalo. I think in Buffalo. Yes. So you know, a lot can happen in that game that we're that we're going to miss, but. Um, you know, they just played a week ago, or did they have the bye week? Anyways, last time they played, like I mentioned, they played the, the Chiefs two out of three, two out of their last three games with the Chiefs. Yep. The first one they went, they went to Kansas City, held the Chiefs to 19 points, lost 19 to eight. Then they go to Denver and they beat the Chiefs 24 to nine. So 
I, I'd be, uh, I don't think the Vikings are, they're, they're a great story, but they're not to the point where they can overlook a team that just beat the Chiefs 24 to 9. That's a good point. Um, prime time at Denver. Uh, you know, Denver is, uh, you know, they're, they're better than their numbers because they're, they're so, they got destroyed in that 170 to 20 game. Uh, I don't know how many touch were there 10 touchdowns, Nick, or, Whatever you know, it was. That was Miami that whipped up on him, I believe. Yeah, Miami just destroyed, you know, destroyed him 70 to 20. But, you know, uh, Wilson's having a, a better season. I think he's got 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, 101.7 rating. So he's playing better. Um, they got um, – they have a crazy undrafted rookie uh, running back, uh, McLaughlin. That's uh, He doesn't get a ton of carries. He's got like 38 carries, but he's got a touchdown, like seven-yard average. Just that's really crazy. Like, I want to say, I don't want to say gadget player, but he's like, you got to make sure that guy doesn't get get away from you. Um, Sutton receivers got six touchdowns. Defense is better than than giving up seventy in one game. Um, this is, you know, at some point, it's the as the NFL's ebbs and flows come. There's going to be a bottoming out which doesn't mean that the season's over or anything, but this could very well be the, the case this year, this week. Yeah, it's, it's a little concerning. I mean, look how the San Francisco 49ers came in here on Sunday night uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were injured and, uh, you know, still still riding high. They had lost the week before, but they, they lost a game they probably shouldn't have here. It's 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 prime out there. I mean, this, this you know, they're, all the teams are close, and – you have to throw that 70-point game out, I think. You just have to throw it out and then look at the rest, which you obviously did. And so it, it you, you can't just waltz in there and say, okay, we got this because we're good now. You know, it, it's just not going to happen that way. It never does in the NFL, but people are human. You know, it, uh, the players can all read the stats. They can all see what's happening on film. They, they, they know what's coming, but boy, oh, boy, you got – if you want to write the story that you're writing right now and have it com- – you know, finished at the end of the season, you got to have this one. I mean, they have kicked away games earlier that that they shouldn't have, and so they need this one to get where they want to be. You cannot, you cannot let yeah. let down even just a bit. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm not a must win guy, you know, by any stretch. Until it becomes an actual must win, or you get eliminated. Um, you know. Denver's since they gave up 70, they're three and two. They've won two in a row. Wow. Again, they play tonight, you know, so I'm assuming they're going to lose in Buffalo, but, but who knows? Um, you know, I, I just, I see them as a team that's also on the rise and they're probably a little more desperate. They're at home. Uh, I think the crowd's probably backing on their side, you know, especially yeah. if, they were, if they were to win, um, if they were to win tonight. So yeah, I, I, I could see the Vikings losing this game. I, I won't say it's just like, you know, that they should win this game. I feel like they're sort of might be on the same footing with them. I think they're a little bit more Vikings, a little more talented, but they're not like, you know, they're, they're in the same weight class. Let's put it that way. I, I don't think, see it where the Vikings are like, you know, we can't afford to lose this one because uh, maybe it's a little different if it's in, at U.S. Bank Stadium. But, um, you know, this is one that they could lose. And then they come back. You've got the Bears at home before you're by. You know, they could get right. They could lose this and then get right again. Yeah. Well, so, so you know, speaking of can't afford to lose, neither can you. You're I That's think why you got to go first. And I think we have to couch this one on, like, if if we make a pick, uh, especially if we, we if we go against the purple, 
and tonight, like half the team is injured uh, for De- for Denver, then I, I got I've reserved the right to change my pick later in the week. Okay, I think I know you're going for then. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Vikings. I, I like the role they're on. I think Josh Dobbs, as he showed this week, is going to keep getting better each week as he learns the offense. Uh, KOC is going to put some stuff in for him. The defense is riding high. Uh, they they are a team still emotionally on the rise, you know, until they tear out a little bit. They could. I don't know if Justin Jefferson's going to play in this one. It's nationally televised. It would be a good time to get him back in there. I don't want him to bring back too soon because they haven't needed him on offense, but dang, you know, you want to get him back and playing and, and, and get back. And he, he made the comment. He goes, I want to get back on the field with the, with Jordan Addison in this offense. And he's excited about it, but um, you know, I, we both picked the, the Vikings last week, right? I think. Cause they were, yes. So yeah, yeah I'm too, I'm too bad. All right, so I'm I'm gonna pick the Vikings again, and and I'm gonna ride them. I'm gonna ride them. I you know until they show me different. Right now they're they're playing so well defensively, and the offense can be great until you know. And it's not it's not perfect, but uh, they're heading in the right direction. So I'll take the, I'll take the purple on next wow. Sunday. So by my nature of being up two games, you get to play like Kevin O'Connell in the second half. I have to play like Jameis Winston in the last three minutes. And Chuck, great Wayne. analogy. That's a I, great analogy. I love, I love where the Vikings are. I love their energy. I love their confidence. I love this, this wild ride that they're on. But I've been watching the NFL for approximately 212 years. This is when you have that. When we're all, when everyone's up there, you know, and here's they end up down here, you know. And I'm not saying it's going to be a season wrecking loss or anything, but I feel like this is the return to earth. Everyone kind of, you know, back down a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, if you don't let it linger, you go, you beat Chicago, you go into your bye. As far as Jefferson, um, you know, I, I mean, they're 5-0 and without him. I'm not saying they're a better team without him, but you're 5-0 and without him. You have a bye week coming up, and then a division game after that. Right, yeah. I would rest him, and I, I think that, you know they 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 went overboard uh, to rest KJ. Uh, KJ had, you know, hundred or hundred percent participation practice Friday. He was out of the concussion protocol. They gave him an extra week. Uh, I feel like Jefferson they'll they'll you know Jefferson will want to play. They'll be ch- chomping at the bit to play, but I think they'll say yeah, just sit, take the bye, and then come back play the Bears. Um, so I, yeah, I'm gonna take and I, again. I if. Something crazy happens tonight, or Wilson goes down, and I don't even know who their backup is. But um, I reserve the right to change, but I'm going to go with the Broncos to try and make up some ground here. Wow. That's a, that's a bold pick, Cotton. We'll have to see how it goes. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, that Mark is picking against the purple, uh, We will uh, that, that, that'll do it for this week on Vikings Territory Breakdown. Thanks, Mark, for – for all your insight. Thanks uh, folks for tuning in. We, uh, we really enjoy that and uh, hope you can continue to do so. Thanks to Mike Waldem producing behind the scenes and uh, we'll be back next week to do it again. Hopefully uh, this, you know, probably uh, hopefully on Monday morning, if I can, you know, get it all prepared for that, but you know, the Vikings playing on Sunday night's a big game. They're all big from this point on. So come on back and check us out then and uh, we'll be talking about the purple. Until then, have a good one. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. 
and Skull. Skull. 